begin by saying that <clears throat> my wife told me of a, at least one mistake I made today in the pulpit. So I want to clarify it. Bill caught it. I, I, I couldn't figure out why he was so alert. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know what I meant, that you caught it. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just picking on you, Bill. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, my wife said, do you know what you said? And I said, well, not really. And she said, well, when you were talking about you couldn't tell if your foot was on the gas or the accelerator. <laughs> and I said, you know, I didn't even catch that. And I don't think over half the congregation caught it, but I think Bill caught it. Bill caught it and a couple of others might have caught it. Dan, did you catch it? You didn't get that, huh? The accelerator, the accelerator and the gas. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all I can say, we were over there and I told her, I said, can't you just see it now? You know, y'all follow us because we really know where we're going. <laughs> we don't know what we're saying half the time. <laughs> he said he's 64, but I'm 75. I mean, man, this is really getting, getting fun. <clears throat> but I do appreciate it. Um <laughs> Let, let me get do a couple of serious things before we actually get going here. I don't know what we're going to actually do here today. I, I, I've, got, I've got a message all prepared and all ready. And then I just wrote down some more thoughts uh, while I was sitting in the truck just a minute ago. But y'all need to know that I had a conversation with OB today. He wanted to see me. He said, I, I've been wanting to say something to you. And, uh, you know, you, you just hold your breath. I mean, because people say it's something you said in your message, your first message I heard. And it, I mean, I'm just holding my breath thinking, OK, so what is that going to be? And he said uh, something to this effect. He said, the first day I was here, you said something about everything has a purpose. And you're not here by surprise. He said, you'll never know how that encouraged me. Because he's here by himself. He's here by himself in Houston. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine. But he's here by himself. From what I understood today, he has um, he's done his internship. He's a, he's a doctor. He's done his residency. Uh, he's here for specialized training in surgery, uh, like he's wanting to go in, I think he's wanting to go into non-invasive sports medicine, and he's getting, he's going to be here a year in the Houston area, he's from Kansas City, but, you know, I told him, I said, well, you'll never know, you'll never know what you did for me personally the day you walked in this door, because God used you to remind me that he can just bring somebody just that quick from anywhere in the country, around the world. And so we had a good video, we had prayer. And I want to commend you, church, too. I've watched, as I've spent some time with him, talking with him, I've watched you. Today, I know today, he had two personal invitations for lunch from families that had extra food, willing to feed him. Two invitations for lunch today, and that's commendable. For a person who's here by himself, a person who's visiting, and to have families come up and say, we've got extra food, we want to, we'd like to feed you. But he had a meeting that he had to go to. And Gabriel, now I don't know, Gabriel said he had a question, but I, I'd already committed to OB, but um, did he even ask you, Dick, uh, his question? He did, did he ask you, did y'all get that worked out? See, I didn't know if Dan, I didn't know, and Dan didn't get a text till later, so, but you got some questions answered for him. He's another visitor, and I've personally given him the plan of salvation the first Sunday he came, Gabriel. And uh, y'all need to remember to pray for Gabriel. He, he's, he's within driving distance. He's like close, close, close here to the church, and he's visiting. Now, this is his second or third time, and OB, this is his third time. So, 
We need to be alert to these things and be be, uh, cautious and and be receptive. I expressed to him the same thing I've expressed for years and years. I said, we're not going to put any pressure of any kind on you to make any kind of decision about our church. I said, we just want you to be in the center of God's will. That's all we've ever asked. It's all we want is for people to just find the center of God's will, wherever that is. And so, but a real, real, real nice guy and kind of quiet, big, big guy, strong guy, but very quiet seeming and gentle. He's kind of like a gentle giant in a way to me, but I enjoyed that. So, um, this afternoon I was thinking about something that I think may be missing. And I think in large, for sure in large, large churches, I think it's something that's missing in large, large churches. Um, but that, that the smaller church has an opportunity to offer, and that's a close-knit bond with each other. Um, and Dale said something. Did y'all catch what Dale said when he was up here reading Scripture? Did anybody catch something? He said it was very critical, very important, something he said from this pulpit just 20 minutes ago. Anybody catch it? Okay, this is what I want us to think about today, and I'm going to apply some Scripture to it. But he made the statement, he said, we've had a rough couple of weeks around our house, last couple of weeks. And I think this is something that's missing in our relationship in as the church gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, I think you kind of have a tendency to lose that, that closeness that where you can be honest. So turn in your Bibles, and, and I know that this is not exactly the exact interpretation, but turn in James, uh, I'm, yeah, James 5. James 5, I want to read a passage, just a, a scripture there, and allude, as they used to say in seminary, uh, you read your scripture and then depart thereby. So it's uh, 16. Confess your faults one to another. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I think what can be missing in relationships in any, it can be a family, it can be church, not necessarily confessing your faults so much and hanging out your dirty laundry so much, and although that's probably the closer interpretation of that, but being open and transparent with each other to say, because I mean, I want you to think, when you see somebody on Sunday for the first time, how are you doing? Well, I'm just fine. I'm doing great. How are you? And if you were to really, really be honest, I don't think everybody that walks on this property can stick out their hand and say with confidence every week after week after week, unless you're just exercising some sort. I don't think you can say, I'm just doing great. I'm having the time of my life. I think that's what can be missing in the relationships in the church. That we're not really totally honest with each other. Completely. We put on a good front. We put on a pretty good front. But I, I want to tell you something. I had a conversation with a missionary. I had a conversation with a missionary just in the last, say, 10 days or so. And he said, Pastor, he said, I'm going to tell you something. And he, this guy is not a spring chicken. He's not a beginner. He's not a newbie. He said, in all my life, I've never seen the satanic attack. Now, he's, we're talking about in the country, around the world, but in our country. He said, I've never seen 
the satanic attack any stronger against the church that I'm seeing right now. That's what this missionary that's a worldwide missionary said to me within the last 10 days. That I've never seen the intensity of the level of satanic attack against God's church that I'm seeing right now in my lifetime. Does anybody else, anybody else think that's a possibility? I mean, you think that? I mean, is it just, you know, and, and here's the thing. My wife and I have talked about it. Like, you know, if, if you're not living a holy life, if, you're, if your church doesn't hold up a godly standard, why then would Satan fight so hard? Why, why, why would he, if, if you're going down, so we heard some this morning, Matt, some of the things that churches are making excuses for abortion, making excuses for abortion. They're, they're adopting societal lifestyles that are totally unscriptural, totally against the Bible, yet they are, they are changing their whole doctrine to support people that are going against the Word of God. Their whole denominational stand is changing because of society's pressure to change. And if we continue to hold a standard, the standard of God's Word, and we refuse, it doesn't matter what Satan throws at us. It doesn't matter what people say about us. It doesn't matter because we're not going to give in to the pressure. To say that a man that's born a man can be changed to a woman. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But there are Christians that are changing their view because of the pressure of society. I told you all that our... Our sons were protected. Our children were protected at home. And uh, we did the best. We didn't, it wasn't perfect by any means. By, by any means, it wasn't perfect. But our heart was to guard them, protect them. But my boys have seen so much in 12 years. So February will be 13 years for them. But they've seen so much. Just yesterday, our oldest, Rod Edwin, called. He sometimes, they, they have about an hour commute, so he calls a lot of times on the way home. He'll call Linda. And he called Linda and said, it was a crazy day yesterday. Wild. Had a person that had tried to change their gender. And he said, so many of the ones that have done that are so uh, messed up. I mean, it's like a, like a demonic issue in so many of their lives. And, and my, our boys have been able to really see so much about demons and demonic stuff going on in the lives of people. Alcohol, they, they just say, you know, they go to fights and disturbances and people, you know, and majority, I mean, like high, high percentage is alcohol and drug abuse. Alcohol and drug abuse. And they're getting fights and fusses. But this person yesterday apparently climbed up on the uh, parking garage in Bryan and threatened to jump. And uh, they had trained officers there in harnesses and things to try to catch or save her. Him, her, which was it? I can't remember. Him, her? It was a her, okay. And, um, and she lost her balance and fell. It's like three stories. Um, and survived, believe it or not. And survived, but her body's all broken. I mean, her legs are broken, her body's broken. But he said, it was a, I'll never forget that sight that I saw yesterday. 
Folks, anybody here, and I'm not going to ask you to speak out necessarily, but I mean, are y'all, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That just because you stick out your hand and you say, man, I'm doing great. We're just having the time of our lives. You may not really be having the time of your life. You may be having some real issues going on. And that, that happens. That happens in our homes. That happens in our personal lives. I believe that we do, uh, we do encounter spiritual attacks that are very real. They're very, I believe they're very uh, forceful. You know, I, I preached a series, it wasn't that long ago, on uh, our spiritual battle that we're in, that we're involved in, our spiritual battle with uh, uh, Satan and his demons. And we're in that. I mean, and I'm, I am personally convinced the more we want to serve the Lord, the more of His holiness we try to apply to our lives, I think the attack is going to get stronger and stronger. I don't, I don't think if you're, if you're a Christian, you're, you, you say you're a Christian and you go off living a wild, worldly life, why would Satan be coming after you? He's already got you where he wants you. He's already got you. So what, what, he's, what he's fighting if you're a family and you're trying your very best to hold up a godly standard in your home and you say no to your kids over certain movies, certain inner forms of entertainment, and you say, I'm not, I'm going to fight to the death in love. And again, it's got to be in love, but I'm going to fight to my death to make sure that doesn't come into my home. Now, when you get out on your own and you make your own decisions, those will be your choices. But under my roof, and you've heard me say this before, you're breathing my cold air. You're eating my food that God has provided. And we're going to do it that way, right or wrong or indifferent. We're going to fight to the end to try to uphold a godly, holy, holy standard in our home. But you see that, I think that's going to bring Satan's attack. So what I think we're missing at times, we're missing that openness and that transparency to it's not necessarily confessing your faults, but just saying, you know, would you would you pray for, pray for me? I'm really struggling right now. I'm really struggling right now. I'm having a hard time right now. Does y'all get what I'm saying? Is it making sense at all? I mean, does it I mean, how long has it been since you've told a member of this church that you wanted their prayer because you're I mean, is it is it pride? What is it that keeps us from wanting to admit I'm struggling? What is it? What is it that would cause us to resist being open with each other and saying, you know, I'm really I've got some battles going on and I need your prayers. Y'all follow me? Y'all y'all with me? And so I think it's I think it's important. I think it behooves us to to be honest with each other. In fact, I mean strictly speaking, if you're not having a great week and you look somebody in the eye and say, "Oh, I'm having the time of my life," you're really lying. You're really not telling the truth. <laughs> You're really, you're really not being honest. And I think we heard a little bit this morning even about, you know, the importance of not, not lying. Just don't lie. To always tell the truth. So those are some things. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Let me just ask you, and I know this is awkward and a lot of people don't like this, but without saying anything, but if you would raise your hand and say, you know, if people in our church would just pray, I don't, I'm not going to say what it's about, but if you would just, church, would you just pray for me? Anybody have the courage to raise your hand right now today and say, would you pray for me? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 23 that I counted, and that's probably not the best count. That's 23 people that said, just because we want to be honest, just because we all 
have, have spiritual attacks going on. And, and I'm going to tell you, the intensity is hard to describe at times. The intensity is hard to describe at times. It, you know, and, and, and Satan, oh, listen, he's the best. He's the best liar. He's an accuser of the brethren. He's an accuser of the brethren. He's going he's gonna to lie to us. He's not going to tell us the truth. He's going to say it's not going to do one bit of good. It's not going to do. You can have all the people in the world praying for you. It's not going to do one bit of good. I beg to differ. God would not say pray for one another if God knew it wouldn't do any good. Is that right or what? He said to pray for one another. Pray for one another. Why? Because it'll do some good. But I think we've got to admit, I think we've got to agree. Yeah, we could use your prayers. I told OB, I said, you'll never know what an encouragement you were to me when you walked in that door that first time. I said, it just, it just, you just, God used you. God used you. We just had prayer over here. I mean, it was just special. I'm going to stick my neck out on a limb and just ask, is there anybody that would just, in the Reader's Digest version, we don't need the, the encyclopedia version. Anybody just want to say, this is how you could pray for me in the real capsule? This is how you could pray? Boys, with the mics, y'all have the mic stand up and let's see if there's anybody. And, and if you don't, it's fine. It's okay. But anybody say, this is how you could very specifically pray for me. Okay, right here. Y'all be alert. Right there. There you go. Um, so in about two weeks, is that right? Next week, Susanna and I will have the opportunity to go to Florida and go into the prisons again, which we're really excited. But um, it is very intense. So I'd appreciate prayer. The, the prisons, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, you know, I've, I've dealt with prisoners and people in jail and all of that. And, and there it, there's a, and I had a man that was a member here for years. He worked for the prison system. And, uh, and he said he could literally sense the darkness when he walked through the gate and when he would come out. He could sense the darkness, the demonic darkness as he went through the gate. And we, when y'all have gone, we have personally remembered to pray for y'all because that is, a, that is a huge... Satan, that's his heyday. That's, he's got people, but all of a sudden they're the captive audience for the gospel. So that's one. Anybody else want to? And, and Dwight, I'm going to get you to pray for your daughter. I think it's special. I'm going to let you pray for your daughter. But yes, ma'am. With a concussion, a lot of things came with it. Uh, memory loss, speech loss, much improved now, but not over with. And had a lot of times of discouragement. And I'd like to say something to the young people here. I didn't get saved till I was over 21. And uh, there's a lot of things that were, I didn't always read what I should or watch what I should or do what I should. And doing, I had a couple of days early on that you talk about a satanic attack. My dreams, nightmares, um, discouragement, uh, wanting to, you know, just, is this going to be a lifetime? Just not sure what it was, but I just, your brain soaks in everything and keeps it in. And it may be buried deep, deep, because God, the more you go with him, the better it is. But it's there. Right. And when you walk away, I didn't choose to walk away. But with a brain injury, you don't know where your brain's going to go. Right. And so I just wanted to put that up and to just ask for prayer. I don't know where I will be six weeks, no. six months, or a year from now. Um, I'm trying to learn to live where God has me. I, Dale can tell you, I've not always been kind in the last six weeks or so. Sometimes it's just hard to face at this midweek is. I can't drive right now, and a lot of things taken away. But I, my prayer 
is that you would pray that um, I would accept that final, whatever it is, where God's going to send me, that I would accept it and use it for his glory. Dwight, I'm, I'm going to add charity to your prayer list too. And then Bill's going to tell us something, I think. Right here, Bill Petty. What are you going to tell us, Bill? I was just going to say, uh, ditto to Cherry. Um, today is two years since her accident. And uh, every day it seems like it's getting stronger. I think, I think Satan knows what a, a walking testimony she is. But he is attacking like nothing I ever imagined before. Like Cherry said, dreams, just random thoughts. Uh, <clears throat> we just ask you to pray um, for, uh, for us as well. And uh, thank you. I know, I know y'all been praying for two years. <laughs> And she is a walking testimony. But the Lord's left her here for a reason. Amen. And I think Satan knows that, and he's doubling down. Yeah. Yeah. Pray for Bill. He is really... The Lord has never left my side from the moment that... Well, forever, but from the moment this happened... But he's used Bill Petty in my life so greatly, and I, I, I don't think good. But if y'all would just pray for Bill for strength and for for relief. Amen. Well, uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you to add the Petties to a list if you would pray, because this is real. This is real. Two years to the day. Today's two years. Life was normal, going down the road, and all of a sudden, God in His sovereignty, and we won't know till heaven. We won't know till heaven. But that's where the trust has to come from. I mean, you know, people people would say, well, maybe she doesn't have enough faith. That's not true. She has loads of faith. We're trusting in a sovereign God that's in total control and he knows exactly what we need to be able to reach the lost. So Dan, if you'll pray for them. Anybody else? Anybody? All right. Yes, ma'am. Right here. Um, about a year ago, um, my nephew was um, found out to have bone cancer and uh, a lot of people in our church had uh, prayed for him and in August, he finally went back to home, and now uh, during the checkup in September, and he found out that the, the cancer had been expanded to his lungs, and he had been, had to go back to um, hospital now. And uh, I really appreciate the prayer for him, and also uh, her, his whole family, my nephew and my sister, and they all don't know Jesus yet. Okay, okay. I would pray. We'll pray. Dan, I'm going to have you pray for them, too. The family. Uh, the little boy. Uh, Ling Yun. Ling Yun. Um, a my relative? sister and my mom's, no. Okay. We'll need to remember them. And that's a burden. That's a burden. To have. How, what, age, what age is he? How old? 13. 13, bone cancer and lung cancer. I'm telling you, that's, that's tough. That's tough. All right, anyone else? We're going to... Rod, okay, can y'all get a mic over there to y'all? To... Thursday, I'm going to be going to my orthopedic surgeon again and this is about the third time but since I hurt my it's not my knee that he replaced it's the leg muscle up above it the knee and 
it's not healing like it should. And um, so we don't know what's going on with it. We're going to try to see if we can find out what's uh, for something else that needs to be done. And um, so we'll be needing some wisdom from from God and that he direct the doctors to be able to let me know what they what I can do to help my leg and it's still in pain and it's been that 10 months now since I heard it mm -hmm. so um, sometimes it gets uh, discouraging and it doesn't take but a couple of minutes to being discouraged to start realizing that I know that God's in control and he's uh, working out his plan in my life. But we are very human, aren't we? Matt, I'm going to ask you to pray for the pools, if you would. So that's three men going to pray. Anyone else? Because we're going to spend a few moments in prayer here, which I think is just just very needed because we need to be open and honest with each other. Anybody else? I, I would just suggest you pray for our church. And I know you have been, but let's just pray. It's God. I said last week in the sermon, it is God's church. And He is very capable of building or doing whatever he needs to do with his church. We've seen it over and over and over. It's his church. It's not, and the gates of hell, and the scripture says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against God's church. All right, so uh, Matt, let's let you start off. And, and Dan, did you, have, did you have one? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to neglect anybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down, if y'all don't mind. And uh, oh, that'll be the best thing for me right this minute. But uh, whew, thank you. So go ahead, and then we'll go back here in the back. We just asked for prayer for the young people. There's two young men that uh, Mateo and I are going to, to their homes to pray for them. That both of them tried to take their own lives. And... Um, just um, it's a spiritual warfare, like you say. You can see the darkness in the eyes of these young men, and and see um, the struggle they're facing. And it's it's in the dreams. One of them says it's in in the dream that they he hears things that he has to do, and he's hurting himself. And so um, I know it's just um, to pray for young people. They have a the conference for um, October twenty seventh to twenty nine in Mexico for around 1,000 youth, we can prefer those youth as well, and the soccer tournament that we have on, on the 12th of, of November, also about 200 young people that we have um, from the shelters, and also um, the November 5th, we have a training in Spanish here at this church where we're going to do child evangelism training for um, people to equip themselves to share the gospel, and so we're just praying for for the young people and also for us to equip God equip us so we can reach out to them and 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 share the gospel and and help them where they're at amen great um Dick I'm going to ask you if you would put that down now so that's about four prayers we've got and then one more here on the back Dick and this one's going to be for you also well uh, I very often have troubles with keeping my blood sugars level and then it either gets down too low where okay it's too dangerous to do some exercise as well as if it gets too high it's dangerous and it's not so much that I want my blood sugars to balance but I'm getting discouraged because, okay, I can't get out and walk around or bike or something to for my health because my blood sugar is so off kilter. And the discouragement just from time to time just eats at me. Amen. 
All right. Well, you know, discouragement is something that's very real. And it does come in the life of a Christian. And, and so what we need to do is you're hearing all this, folks, and this is a very small percentage of the people. This is a small percentage, but I'm telling you, this is a sampling of folks that are going through real life when you're in your home by yourself and they're they're real. And I've got I'm going to I'll wrap it up with some a couple of scriptures, but um, but these are real. So we're going to start back here with Matt and then we'll go to Dan and then Dick and then Dwight. OK, so we'll go in that order. And if y'all remember to pray for the folks you did uh, that we ask you to. And uh, let's pray. This is this is by, this is what the church is about. Confess your faults one to another. And we're praying for one another. And it's important. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this body of Christ that you've brought together. This fellowship, Lord, and Lord, you have commanded us to pray for one another. And we thank you for this opportunity to lift one another up. And Lord, I specifically pray for Mr. and Mrs. Poole. Lord, thank you for their, their testimony, their, um, their life of faithfulness. And I thank you that they've been able to be here, Lord, after being out for so long. It's just such a blessing to have them in the midst of our congregation. And I do pray for Mr. Poole that um, his appointment this week would go well, that the doctor would be able to understand what has caused the problem with his leg and be able to correct it and bring healing to him, Lord, that he would be able to, to move around again. And um, but God, I just thank you that you are the one that gives us hope. And Lord, I pray that even when he is discouraged, that you would remind him of that hope we have in you, Lord, that you have promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, that you are the faithful shepherd. You are the great physician. You are the provider of all good things. You are the father of heavenly lights. Lord, you are so good to us. And I just pray that you would bless them. Bless Mrs. Poole as she continues to serve him and be a faithful and godly wife for him. Bless their marriage and draw them close to one another as they seek to honor you. And we ask this in Christ's name for your glory. I do Father, Lord, do I just also thank you for this opportunity we have to pray for each other and to share each other's concerns and, and faults and requests, Lord. And I, I do pray uh, for Bill and Nina Petty, Lord. Uh, and a car accident is not the kind of anniversary you want to celebrate, Lord, but it's here. And in that two years, we've seen so much, Lord. We've seen her uh, get out of the hospital and continuing to recover more every day, Lord. And we've seen a beautiful example that they are every time they're here, Lord, how they lean on each other. And Bill called, leans on Nina and Nina leans on Bill, Lord, and they just complement each other so well. And we only see the, the outside um, injuries. We, we don't see the internal struggles that go on, Lord. And I don't know what those are, and I can't even uh, conceive, I haven't tried to deal with them, Lord, but I, I know that you do, Lord, and I continue to pray for for Nina and Bill, Lord, that you will strengthen both of them, Lord, and that they will um, continue healing Nina's body. And um, just pray that you will help heal her mind as well, Lord, that she will get more recall and, um, and, and that, that she these thoughts that they uh, come and go that I don't, I can't even understand them, Lord, and I can only be grateful for myself, Lord, but I, I just... I grieve for my for my brother and my sister, Lord, and the pain that they're in, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you will help them through that difficult time, Lord. And 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 Lord, just again, thank you for the encouragement that they've been to me. Just watching them, simply not even hearing, just watching them has been such an encouragement, Lord. And, and Lord, I pay for this child, Lord, thirteen years old and facing lung uh, uh, cancer, Lord. And and um, it's just. I just can't even fathom it, Lord. I just, uh, bone and lung cancer at 13 years old, Lord. A child who's, I remember 13, and I just can't imagine the hopelessness that, that would be felt of a life that's not even lived yet. And, 
and having to struggle with these things that uh, that none of us want to ever face, Lord. And I just pray for that child and their family, and just the outreach that they uh, that the outreach to them, Lord, and to these doctors as they as they deal with the, this child, Lord. And I just pray that this will be an opportunity, Lord, for your gospel to be spread throughout their families, Lord. And I just thank you so much uh, for the Lewis and the ministering that they do to so many people, Lord, and that they are to this child, Lord. And we just uh, thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Father, we lift up um, Adriana's uh, prayer request. Lord, we just um, cry out to you, Father, for help in the uh, echo ministry and in the ministry that they're doing here. We just, it's part of echo anyway, I guess. And Lord, we just lift up these, um, this youth conference, up to a thousand people are, are, may possibly come in October uh, 27th to 29th. Father, I know that's going on in Mexico. And Father, we just pray for um, Mateo and, and Danny and um, all those, Father, that are helping with that. We just uh, pray that you give them good health. And, Father, we just pray that the message that they have, the good news of Jesus Christ, would be able to penetrate into the hearts of these young people and that they would pass that on to others and share that the, the truth and the hope that they now we'll have. So, Lord, we do pray that um, that these ones would hear hear the truth, Father, as it's preached, and that they would uh, make a decision for Christ. Father, we um, lift up the young people that are coming uh, August 12th, I believe it is, uh, the young people. And, Lord, we just uh, pray that they... A lot of them are have no hope, and the hope is is in Christ. We know that, Lord. And so, Lord, we do pray that they would hear the truth and be able to absorb it into their heart and make a change in their heart, Father. That's um, what they what we all need, Father, is a change in the heart. So, Lord, we just uh, pray for them and pray for. Um, their lives, Father, that you would open the doors and show favor upon them and uh, provide them places to go and, and, uh, and shelter and all the things that they need, Father. We, we pray for the CEF class, Father, that's coming up in Spanish, and we just pray, Father, for your hand, Father, to be upon that, that you would bring the people that need to be part of that. You want to be part of that, Father, and uh, that can really open the doors for a lot of these young people. And so, Lord, and there's also others, Father, that without hope, Father, they are considering suicide. And, and Father, we just um, lift them up to you, Father, again, realizing that you have the answers. Uh, Lord, we just pray that they would share with each other uh, what they have heard and the truth, Father, and and that um, you would open doors for them and show favor upon them as they strive to um, live a life in a foreign land. And so, Lord, we just think about um, the exiles that have were brought into the Babylonian area. And, Father, we just know they were by themselves. They were um, brought into a different culture. And so, Lord, we just uh, pray for your hand to be upon each one and, and that you would um, touch the hearts of these different ones. Father, we lift up Glenn, who's been an encouragement to so many of us. And, Father, we know his blood sugar is, is up and down so quickly. And so, Lord, we just uh, pray for that, that, Father, even that you would level that off, Father, if, if it be your will, Father, that... that um, it would stabilize. And Lord, we know that it's been discouraging for him. He's been fighting that for a long time. And so, Lord, we just pray for for your hand, Father, upon him and help him. Father, we just uh, pray for healing. Father, your hand just to heal him of, 
of these spikes and and um, and blood sugar, and that would help him, Father, to um, share the truth more um, uh, easily, Father, with others. And so, Lord, we just uh, pray for Glenn. And again, we just thank you, Father, for him and how much encouragement he is to each of us. We just ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray that as uh, the folks go to prison to minister to them, that you would prepare the way, uh, that you would be right now preparing the prisoners to receive what you want them to be shown and to receive from you, that you would bind the enemy. We know that you have promised that your word would not go out void. Uh, or would not return void. And I ask also as you prepare the prisoners, prepare them, that you would prepare uh, Priscilla and Susanna and those that are going with them, that you would prepare them, that they also would be, uh, uh, you would bind the enemy in their mind, that if there's any uh, sin in their life that would stand in the way of the Holy Spirit to be able to move through them, that you would start working on them to remove those things so that they could be vessels for you and not a stumbling block or a hindrance to the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I just pray for both the prisoners and for those that go in to the prisoners. And, Lord, I also lift up uh, a cherry pheasant to you, Lord. Anyone that's had a fever and has had any kind of dreams or any kind of... Uh, heaviness uh, when you have a fever things you you know that's going to pass and that normally can't go on forever in cherry's situation i pray that she not get discouraged because she doesn't know exactly uh, what you have in store or what you may be doing so i pray that you would give her peace that you would heal her completely if that be your will and that if it isn't your will, that you would give her the, uh, the peace and assurance to know what it is that, that uh, you were doing in her life. I do ask that she would be encouraged and not discouraged for Lord. Physical things can, uh, that you're not sure about and go on prolonged, whether it be pain, it can be extremely discouraging when you don't necessarily see an end, as, as with any trial. So I just pray for encouragement for her and for a peace in her soul that she would know you like she's never known you before, that you would come by and just comfort her. And Lord, uh, finally, I ask for um, uh, that you be with Pastor Hovey and his neuropathy. I know that's uh, got to weigh heavily on his mind and, uh, and, and what that may mean for him in the future and what he may need to do to prepare. So I pray that you would be encouraging to him. And Lord, I, I lift up our church uh, also that you would uh, encourage the body and, Lord, that you would give strength, wisdom, and discernment for our elders, for both Pastor Hovey and Elder Dan. Lord, we, we know that Satan roars like a lion. He seeks to deceive. He seeks to destroy. Who else better to attack than our elder leadership? For they have a target on their back as they attempt to lead our church. So I just pray that uh, we could lift them up. We could uh, encourage them. We would uh, pray for them daily. Uh, again, that you would give them wisdom, strength, that they may be able to press on and be encouraged and not grow weary. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I think, and um, 
I feel like that uh, our arms have been held up when our arms are getting weary in the battle, and so that's that's good. Let me um, let me we'll just kind of wrap this up with some scripture that I think would be important. It, you know, my wife, she's got a really, really great sense of humor. And um, of course she wasn't playing the, when she asked the doctor about that, but, um, <clears throat> but if I, during the week, if I'll say something like, well, you know, I, I may be struggling in this area or whatever, you know what she'll say to me? She'll say, you know, I heard a really good sermon I heard a really good sermon about that. And you know what the preacher said? And I say, yeah, I know what I said. So I know I'll hear this again, but if I were, if I think several times and folks, those of you that raise your hands and we didn't, we didn't call your name or whatever, we're going to conclude, Dan, we're going to, when you close, if you would pray for everybody that's, that's struggling, got something going on and they didn't have the, they didn't share it openly. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But if, if we, I think the word that came up probably as often as any during this prayer time and this is people, it's easy to struggle with discouragement. You know, we can, we can just get discouraged over, over how things are going. And, but so it has to do with, let, let me give you some verses. Some of them are very, very familiar, but look at Isaiah 26. 26.3. Isaiah 26.3. So if I, if I were to take counsel and say, okay, I'm going to go out here this week and, and I know there's going to be a struggle. I might battle a little bit of discouragement or I might, I might say, okay, what would I advise somebody to do? What scriptures would I say turn to? What scriptures would I say meditate on and think about and it's the ones about the mind. Because, listen, Satan is going to attack the mind. He's going to go after your mind. And, that you know, they're all kind of little sayings like an idle mind is a devil's workshop and those kind of things. He's, he's going to attack you. He's going to attack you in your mind. And that's why we've heard that word several times, discouraged, uh, dreams, uh, you know, forgetting things and stuff. I mean, there, there are, the mind is so important. And so I know I will hear this again when I turn to my wife and say, you know, I'm really struggling. And uh, she'll just say, well, where's your mind? What are you thinking about? So let's, let's read this 26.3. Look at it with me. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Okay, you want to have perfect peace? Who used to say that verse all the time around here before she went to heaven? Anybody remember? Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace? Is that what it says? In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That connects to the verse we did this morning in uh, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. All right. And then if you will turn to Philippians chapter four, Philippians chapter four. These are all verses that we're very, very familiar with. But we need to be reminded, you know, the very basic things many times are overlooked because we're always looking for some new information. We're looking for something new that really uh, 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 hit me intellectually. Verse 6 Chapter 4, be careful or be anxious for nothing. That's kind of like the word all. You know, all in the Greek means all. 
And be careful for nothing means nothing. But in everything, notice, do you think God's word just somehow that, you know, just God just, you know, just threw it out there and that's how it actually just, it just kind of happened that way. It ended up that way. No, I know God orchestrated every word. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God. Now, we just read about the peace of God in Isaiah 26, 3. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall guard or keep or protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Okay? And it continues. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things... May I just say something here just a, just a little? Let me just digress just for a moment. Because I know this happens. People say things, I know they do because a lot of it gets back. Believe it or not, it actually gets back around, comes back around. They say things. You know what? Two things. God is our defense. God is our defense. And I can guarantee, let me listen carefully. I guarantee you don't have all the facts. Okay? Very important. Very important. God is our defense, and you don't have all the facts. Okay? Really important. Because this is not our first rodeo, but you just see Satan doing the same old things over and over. I, you would think he would try to come up with something new. But you know where my heart breaks? Where my heart really breaks? My heart breaks over believers that I thought were further along. So be aware, be alert that God is our defense and you may not have all the facts. But you see, if you expect somebody to start giving out a bunch of bad reports to defend themselves, if you know God is your defense, you're just not going to go in that camp. You're not going to go there. You're just not going to move in that direction. Does that make sense? Does that, does that help at all a little bit, some? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And you can, you can look this last part up, think on these things. You can actually uh, discover that it can mean let your mind, these are things your mind needs to be dwelling on. Let your mind, think on these things is let your mind be dwelling on these things. True, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, virtue, and any praise, think or let your minds dwell on these things. And then another verse that we've, this is all in spiritual warfare because this is where what's going on in all of our lives. We've experienced it. We face it. It's real. Satan is going to do everything. I think it's like this missionary said, the onslaught on the church today is the greatest he's ever seen in his life. He's never seen this much intensity against God's church. Not just, he's not talking about North Belt. He's talking about the church. 
He's talking about the church. He's never seen this much intensity coming against the church. 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, and remember I did, I used this verse here a few weeks ago when we were talking about spiritual warfare. Because this is how you combat, this is how you engage the enemy. The enemy is going to, he's going to do everything he can to destroy your testimony, your witness. He's going to do everything he can. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If you've given ground, you need to confess that ground. You need to confess that to the Lord, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing, and this I've got it all highlighted in my Bible, and bringing into captivity every, E-V-E-R-Y, every thought to the obedience of Christ. You want to have peace in your mind? You want to have your heart guarded, your mind guarded, and garrisoned, that's the meaning garrisoned, by God's mighty army, it's our minds are going to have to be in tune, lined up with the Word of God. And the moment, the moment our minds and our lips engage in anti-scriptural behavior, you can count on the fact that the enemy has gained a foothold. I challenge some of you. I wish you would if you hadn't heard that sermon by Keith Daniel. Hour and 22 minutes long. It's long. He prays long. The first prayer is long. But Satan has found a whisperer. And I'm going to tell you, it'll make you, it'll make you shake in your boots to ever give another bad report about a brother or sister in Christ. It'll make you shake in your boots. And so it's essential that we allow the Lord to be our defense and use us every step of the way. And I'm encouraged today. I hope you are. I, I hope you are. We didn't just fill time today. I have a message on the things that don't ever change. I've got that right here. I was going to preach that. Uh, but as I was sitting in the car in the truck a while ago, and I was thinking about uh, these scriptures, and then I thought about and then when Dale got up and he said it's been a rough couple of weeks. It's just like the Lord just led us to be. We need to be open and transparent with each other. We need to be open and transparent with each other as much as possible. I don't. I've never suggested that we hang out all the dirty laundry. But I do think that we need to be open and honest and say, look, I need your prayers. Now, Julie told me something today, and Julie, because uh, I mentioned the 12 stones and uh, they came out of the Jordan. And she said, would, would you, would you, can you tell them a little bit about the, what you told me about the stones? Could y'all get her mic? Get this to her, to Julie, right back here. Fast, fast. You got to go faster. There you go. There you go. Tell them what you told me about the stones. Well, it meant a lot to me. We were here when you showed the plaque with the stones written and and when you presented that as encouraging for the the new building that was to come. Right. Um, and then also we were going through difficult time in our family. So it was laid on my heart to, as part of our walk of faith, to pick 12 stones. There were 12 in our family. And I had each one of the children, the kids and I were at my grandmother's house that weekend, pick a stone. And we picked an extra one and then brought them home with us. And unknowing that that would be the day we came home with them was the day we got news that um, he was going to leave. Um, but 
I held on to them, and we, I had them in a display on the table in the hallway at the home, which is a whole nother story that God provided for us and carried us through, and now that chapter is coming to an end, but as we packed things away and got rid of things, those stones, I put them in storage, and they will be there for whatever the next step is in our lives, but it meant a lot to me, that story, and it really resonated in my heart. And so that we chose our 12 stones and Amen. still have them. Amen. And you know what's amazing? They they actually literally, <laughs> you know, they literally got stones as a reminder and they still have them. And that, that was a long that was a long time ago. That was before this building ever existed. And uh, we had people, we had that little plaque. It was a, uh, we had them draw a, a stack of stones and we had put it out the front and had people come and sign it and say, if you're willing to, let's stand together, let's stand together and let's use this as a reminder of the 12 stones. And we did it, we signed, we got signatures of a lot of people and, but you did, took it literally and you actually got 12 stones or 13, 13, 12, 12 stones. So let's have prayer and, and then we're going to have prayer again. Okay. So uh, let's, let's wrap this up. And then uh, Dwight, if you want to come, maybe just the first and the last of an invitation hymn or something. Father, we thank you so much for the, for the day, for the things you've taught us and how you've tried to really encourage us today as we've all openly admitted that uh, there are times in our lives of discouragement and Satan is just so active, he's so real, he's so uh, aggressive uh, at times in our lives to just really bring discouragement to us. And sometimes it's, uh, it's over physical ailments and physical problems and, and then it leads into uh, our mind and the way we think and what we're thinking about and how we're handling uh, the stress of it all, and I just pray that today the scriptures would really, really uh, become alive to us, that we would not just be hearers of the word, we would be doers, that we've heard it, we've heard it and heard it and heard it again, and even uh, even this week when we uh, sense the attack coming, that we would take captive every thought, that our minds would be dwelling on those things that you've listed in Philippians, and that we would have that perfect peace because our mind is stayed on thee. And Father, I pray that this week would be a better week for all of us, that we would experience a greater peace than we've ever had before. We love you and praise you and thank you for just meeting our needs this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen.